Live from Nuthouse Studios in beautiful downtown Lexington, it is Bluegrass Homefront. My name is Tiny Brian. With me as always is Victor. Good Hello, Victor. Good afternoon, Tiny Brian. It is afternoon when we're recording. Hello, future people. Hello, future people. So it is a, it's been a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, the, except that it's Labor Day. Except that it, yeah, it was, it, okay, it was a beautiful Memorial Day weekend about three months ago, and then yep. we had a summer. Now it was a beautiful Labor Day weekend. Labor Day. I'm just kind of, you know, building context. Well, it is a little weird. We did have the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Yeah, so. the Kentucky Derby yeah. and football in the same weekend, and PGA, and UFC, and yep. apparently there was sports everywhere. Had some wrestling. There was some, there's some, always some wrestling. Had some basketball. Yep, we even had a had a visit from we had a visit from some wrestling celebrities here at Bluegrass Homefront Central. Oh yeah, we were visited by the great Moss Man. Yep, of the EWF, the Eternity Wrestling Federation or Eternia Wrestling Eternia. Federation. Yep. The uh, the the popular tried and true method of combining wrestling with He Man. Sure. And the masters of the universe. Why not? They, they got buff characters ready to go. Yeah, and there. So, uh, Moss Man was here, and you can find pictures of that on our uh, our Facebook page, which is uh, bluegrass or uh, facebook.com slash bluegrass homefront, I think. Hey, he knows it. I know things. Maybe. So, it's been, you know, so there was definitely a lot of sports, especially here in the bluegrass. Uh, UK had their first scrimmage, so we, we definitely won that game. They had a scrimmage. Yeah. See, didn't I didn't know. Even, no, you I didn't, didn't even know. know. Wow, no, yeah. I didn't know that. So. Huh. Well, I, I know because uh, because I did see the, the the customary pictures of some Kentucky fo- football players and then other Kentucky football players in red shirts. Oh, okay. Which so who won, blue or what? I honestly don't know. I'll see. See, I don't know. I just know they did it. Okay. I mean, Kentucky won. I know, know, but you know, they had like fourteen people there. Blue or white, though. You know, blue or white. So, um, and the, you know, we, with the, the so, whole, the race went off on Saturday. It did. Uh, normal, un, un, normal time of day, wrong day, wrong time of year. It was weird. Why was it at seven o'clock? That's what I was like. But Can we not run it at five? Probably because it gets darker later now. Like I think, I bet it has something to do with like how. No, it how gets darker dark earlier right now. Not that it was in May. Yes. Yeah, because you're already sprung forward by that point. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I was thinking maybe because of the temperature. Maybe so. Because it's cooler for them at seven. That's probably that's probably because yeah, it doesn't ever get as hot in May, is it? Not does? in the first of May, no, because it's usually still a little chilly and mm-hmm. it's rainy most of the time. So I guess yeah, they were looking to maybe do. Do you remember the name of the horse that won? I think it starts with a P, and mm-hmm. I don't mean the name of it is it starts with a P. I, I, think I don't know his name, but I know it's Bob Baffert's horse. Yeah, from a local horse raised here in Kentucky. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it was in but, Harrison County or Bourbon County, one of them counties. Oh, okay. Well, Bob Baffert is a, you know, he's the uh, famous trainer. I think that made his fifth winner at the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he is a sort of a, probably on his way. If he's not already a colonel, he'll probably be a Kentucky colonel at some point. Oh, I would say he is. So you're looking on, you're finding us a, uh, the name of the the name of the horse was authentic. Authentic. Yeah, that's a pretty cool name. Well, that, I think that's why I don't remember it because I keep I keep seeing like authentic win, and I'm thinking they're just describing the win, not giving me a not that giving sound, me a noun. This sounds so fake, don't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to an inauthentic win. No, but in fact, that was real news. You got authentic, genuine, authentic, which that just sounds like too many adjectives. So one of the things that's been going on in the sports world has not kind of been related to sports. Everybody wants to say it's about politics, but I'm not sure I agree with that, about the uh, whole UK video that the uh, basketball players made with Calipari. Right. The comment sections of all your social media platforms have been on fire these last few days with uh, every time UK posts a video, UK supposed UK fans are... Oh, they get way are, upset. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I watched it. I didn't have a problem with it. What I saw was was young men. You know, these guys are 18, 19 years old, and uh, they have experiences that we don't. Absolutely. You know, and they're from places that we have no clue about. And uh, mm-hmm. what I saw was a bunch of young men expressing themselves, and I saw their old coats backing them up. And I'm kind of cool with that. If you're not cool with that, I'm not sure what your problem is. 
In fact, you know, I can't believe we let a whole episode go by without specifically stating here on Bluegrass Homefront that Black Lives Matter. Black Lives do matter. And, and to say Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Justice for Breonna Taylor. That's In not going to happen, but we can talk about it. We can. Know. We can. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I understand your. Uh, so what do you what do you think is going to happen when when the day comes that they just let those guys just walk and actually serve as police officers again? When that decision is made, because I'm I'm no. convinced that's what's coming. Do you think there's going to burn? Certain, history would certainly argue on in on behalf on behalf of that to be sure. Are they going to burn Louisville well, down at that point? I mean, we've had a hundred days of protests, and in those days, we've had a few days when there have been actual riots uh, as part of those protests, but not really. I mean, they have been to a grand degree peaceful, at least on the part of the protesters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they have, but you know, and yeah, that, but, that, but, but we're still waiting for justice. But you if remember justice what happened denied, when, the, uh, when then, the Rodney King decision came down? I mean, Los Angeles and on that fire was an that actual, night, and that was an actual court case for the attorney general to just decide, "I'm not going to deal with this." Right. Yeah, this I, wasn't even. This isn't even worth pursuing. We'll see. It's still up in the air, but he ain't doing much. All right, so. We have a first song coming up, and it's going to be an interesting song about how we always feel, already feel about supporting our UK cats. So let's hear from Coach. From all of us Kentucky loving fans, we still, we still, we still bleed blue. All out of front porch stories, used to tell. Kentucky blue. Us folks in Kentucky, we still be blue. 
They gave it back. We could only cope by using dope in the crack. We were left with an absolute nothing. Our dignity now a shell of untrusting. Now the owners of black liquid gold want to repeat the same saga of old. A grab for more land from our native brothers. So pipeline can be laid, but not near their mothers. Promises made of no damage or spillage. Trust their handshake, there will be no carnage. Sell those stories like an old Western medicine man. The victims, once again, our tribes of Native Americans. How we treat this Believing in forever in unity, solutions to reclaim the land, raise your fist and stand, promoting the process of recycle and help our people decrease pollution, help our people find.
Welcome back to Bluegrass Home Farm. That first song was the Greenhorn Holler Boys with We Still Bleed Blue. Next song was King Tucky with Mother Earth. Followed up by the Ghost and the Human Hoax with Snowblind. <laughs> That's an interesting a lot a group of songs that we just played there. Sure, yeah, we uh, we covered some some bases there. We got some uh, the Greenhorn Greenhorn Holler Boys, I guess, for uh, people to actually know us. Uh, that yeah, was, that is our, that was our real life high school basketball yep. coach singing that song. Coach, uh, coach, coach Good. Ralph so Good. Yeah, hope so, y'all uh, enjoyed that, and I'm sure Coach will hear it, and uh, we appreciate that, Coach. Yes, and and hopefully you'll be hearing some more from him. He's a remarkable guy. Like I say, he he coached, and he was he was the coach of our old our old high school during one of the most remarkable periods of our high school basketball. Sure was the one time that we were good. The one, yeah, the one time when when we were good, and it was. Yeah. All right, so our next segment. Yeah, let's we, move on. So. Our next segment, we are going to the moon, right? Well, actually, we're going to Moorhead. Ah, I wanted to go to the moon. Well, maybe you'll get a little bit of a chance. So recently, Victor and I took a trip, and Victor's son, actually, who you'll hear from. Yep. Or you'll hear about. Yeah, you'll hear about him. I don't yep. think he actually says anything, does he? No, no, he's a little shy. Yeah, that's okay. But, yeah, we took him with us, and we, we were able to tour uh, Moorhead State University's Space Science Center. It was really cool. Yeah, which includes uh, uh, basically an assembly plant for for satellites. It yep. includes a uh, a huge uh, planetarium where you can watch space shows, and uh, 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 we actually we'll post some pictures of this to our our socials because I think we both took pictures inside the we giant did. silent room. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So we'll share some of the pictures of that if you watch for those this week. And uh, we're, but we and uh, so we took a whole tour of that, and we recorded most of that, the actual tour, and you'll hear that later this season. We'll go back and we'll we'll actually play that for you at some point later this season. What we have today is when we actually sat down with the director of Moorhead State University Space Science Center, and basically the man who brought aerospace to Kentucky, or at least at least was partially responsible, Dr. Benjamin Malfres. Yes. Uh, ben was, Dr. Malfres was actually our, we, we, when you and I were both at Moorhead, he yep. was our professor. He taught us descriptive astronomy. Um, if you know me personally, I like to tell the story that I got 108% in that particular class. Humble brag. Humble brag. Well, I, I literally went to every, because he had all kinds of weird, like, go listen to this scientific talk back before we had TED Talks, and right. you'll get bonus points. Right. And I went to absolutely everyone. Well, Dr. Malfers is a, is a fascinating guy, and we'll let him tell you about what he does because it takes him about two seconds to start talking over my head. So, Yeah, he gets over uh, our heads pretty quickly, but he's really interesting to listen to. He is responsible for, or at least impartially responsible for hundreds of jobs in the aerospace industry sure in this is. Commonwealth. So without further ado, we take you to Moorhead and Dr. Benjamin Malfers. Yeah, so we're with Dr. Benjamin K. Malfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Isaiah would like to know what actual degrees you have. So, um, believe it or not, I have an art degree, and I have degrees in astrophysics. Um, I spent 20, career, uh, 20 years uh, in a career doing astrophysics research. And then I evolved from astrophysics into um, uh, space systems engineering. So still do a little bit of astrophysics, but it's mostly uh, space systems engineering. So I kind of uh, started off as a scientist and then evolved into an engineer that does some science. Well, I guess yeah. the fact that you started out doing radio astronomy and, and studying, you know, the yeah. background, that kind of linked yep. itself to, because, you know, radio, astron- radio astronomy is pretty close to what most everyone in orbit has to use. Well, that's exactly right. So the radio astronomy systems are, um, in many ways, identical to um, the satellite tracking systems, the ground systems. Uh, and then from there, we started building the radios for the spacecraft. And then from there, we started building the entire spacecraft. So now we do the spacecraft, um, the ground data systems, and the mission operations. The only thing we don't do are really are the payloads, the actual instruments, because we partner with people that do those. And then we don't do the launches. So you said you have an art degree? Was that a BA in? in... It is a BA in art, believe it or not, yeah. Do you feel like you've, you've some of your art, you know, if, if, if you feel like you had that first impulse as sort of artist, do you feel like that has informed your work as a scientist? I, I think so. Um, I always wanted to do art and physics, and so um, it was, uh, so I was trying to do a double major way, way back when. Um, but the Where art was degree, that, like? that was at University of South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. 
and then I did my master's there, and then I did my doctorate at uh, West Virginia University. Okay. And then I went to work. My first real job was at uh, a national laboratory, which was the National Radio Astronomy Observatory in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, mm -hmm. and then came here to Moorhead State. Uh, and you've been here now for? Since 1990. 1990, so yeah. 30 20, years. Almost 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? If you turn that over, it's got a um, really interesting trajectory. Oh, wow. We go following the Orion spacecraft uh, to the moon. It takes four days to get there, but we can't stop because you're going at escape velocity. Uh, 25,000 miles an hour. We don't have enough propellant. Normally you turn around and thrust in the anti-velocity vector and slow down, but we don't have enough propulsion uh, propellant to do that. And so we go on this long circuitous route using the um, sort of uh, balance in the gravitational fields of the Earth, Sun, and Moon to take this manifold trajectory. Um, go swinging by the Earth once. This is the Earth, and it's uh, the orbit of the moon, we go swinging about a little over a million kilometers out, and we fall back 180 days later uh, to the moon uh, in a, about the right dynamic state, and we can then use the propulsion system because we've to slowed down a lot to fine-tune it, and then we spiral down into the science orbit. And then we orbit the moon for two months and take data with an infrared spectrometer looking, for, looking at the distribution of water ice. You, you mentioned the word transport like water transport yeah, Do, yeah i know that you know the moon's frozen solid obviously mm -hmm. is there any movement at all with there the is ice? yep but we don't really understand it because where does the water come from is not completely understood on the first when i was in grad school the moon had no water that's what we were taught desert. it was an airless uh, arid completely arid desert uh, but now um, we realize that these deep well craters called psrs permanently shattered regions which are um, so deep and so far north in latitude or, or south in latitude. Most of them are actually in the southern hemisphere. But they're so deep and so far south in latitude that sunlight has never penetrated the bottom of those PSRs. In the history of the solar system, sunlight's never shown there. Wow. And we had seen a lot of signatures that kind of gave hints, but um, NASA crashed a uh, upper stage rocket into the Cabeus crater a few years back and then everybody on the earth looked at the plume and the mm -hmm. plume indicated that it was real it was actually water in there and that was the same that spectral analysis you used for that right that's you got right the light yep. going through it and figure yep. out how it bent the light and exactly so that was the L-Cross mission it, uh, look if you look at the spectra uh, it indicated there was definitely about one to two percent of the debris cloud was water water ice but we don't really know where the water comes from on the moon. It's probably deposited by comets, uh, and it probably is created by complex interactions between the solar wind and the complex lunar uh, regolith, the chemistry of the lunar dirt. Mm -hmm. But mostly it would be created at mid-latitudes if that's the case. So how does it move from the mid-latitudes to, to get these uh, trapped in these PSRs is what we're trying. Water so we're orbiting the moon for um, at least one lunar site day cycle, which is a month, right? Uh, and trying to understand, trying to map the distribution of water ice so we can see how it gets transported across the surface. So that's the scientific mission of Lunar Ice Cube. Yeah. So do you think there's anything about Eastern Kentucky that lends itself to this work? So I do. I think um, there the the reason. I've stayed here so long is um, the the people, the culture. Um, when I first got here, uh, the students that I met um, were smart and really hardworking. They had incredible work ethic, and uh, they didn't have a lot of opportunity. Um, but given the opportunity, I thought these students can can do stuff. And man, we have produced some extraordinary graduates out of here. Uh, if you look at where our graduates work, they work at all the NASA centers, they work in the big aerospace companies, they've started their own companies. They've gone off and done uh, amazing things. So it was sort of a combination of the university provided um, what support they could and didn't really get in the way a lot. They provided support and uh, not a lot of uh, uh, micromanagement. And between that and uh, just outstanding students uh, to work with, we've been, and then I've somehow been able to bring experts from all over the world that have converged here. I mean, if you look at 
the staff that we have, uh, they're mostly East Coast, West Coast, defense and aerospace industry. We all kind of met in the middle here. Well, let me tell you one last story, because uh, you guys will appreciate this. So you guys knew me way back when, when I was studying um, radio astronomy and, sure. and studying galaxies, galaxy interactions in the, in the microwave background. And in the uh, late 90s, I had the great fortune of working with a team of astronomers from uh, mostly from Florida, uh, Florida International University of Florida. And uh, our team discovered a previously unknown galaxy. And uh, I thought, oh, okay, this is really cool. So we get to name it, right? And I was the lead researcher, so I thought, oh, I get to name a galaxy. I thought galaxies were just like M2136. Well, it turns out you're correct. They are named after catalogs. So our galaxy is NGC 5291-B. I mean, I almost got it. <laughs> but my colleagues at the time who had discovered asteroids, you discover an asteroid, which is basically just a rock in space. Yeah. You can name it after your dog. And there are asteroids, uh, asteroids named 2604 Mr. Spock, you know, for example. Uh, and I didn't get to name the galaxy, right? Because, but a galaxy has 100 billion solar systems, each with hundreds of millions of asteroids, but do you get to name it? No. <laughs> so I'm not bitter. But fast forward to the later part of my career, and uh, when I was proposing the Lunar Ice Cube mission, you had to have a, you had to propose a disposition plan. What do you do with the satellite uh, when it's done? You put it in a parking orbit. Um, didn't have enough propellant to do that because that would have been a heliocentric orbit, right. and it just um, couldn't carry. We have 1.2 kilograms of propellant, so that wasn't feasible. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll crash it, propose to crash it into the moon. But I thought NASA will never go for that in a million years. So I wrote it in there anyway because the math didn't work out to do anything else. And they said, okay, maybe uh, as long as you crash into the far side and avoid all the historical sites, like the, the Apollo landing sites are historical sites, yeah, we'll let you crash into the moon. And so in my career, uh, sometimes in your career you get vindicated, right? So um, all of the craters on the moon have names. What if you create a new crater on yeah. the moon. And you get to name it. You get to name it. Oh. So whereas I didn't get to name the darn galaxy. You're going to name that crater. <laughs> get to name a crater because we created it. So I, I wanted to, I've got one weird pet peeve that I thought I would ask you about. Okay. So uh, the the whole that we've added a, a fifth uh, military branch. Yeah, Space which, Force. Which is called the Space Force. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear that, I think, you know, when I think Space Force, I think, Space, you know, yeah. deep space, yeah. out there, get get beyond the Lagrange, yeah. you know, get actually out into space. And yeah. it seems like we're going to be a century or so before yeah. any of this is, so I'm like, should it be maybe orbital force? It just, I, yeah. I was like, it just doesn't seem like space to me, what they're going to be doing. Yeah, well, I mean, space is kind of hard to define. The technical definition of space is the von Karman line, which is 100 kilometers up. So once you're at the von Karman line, you're above you know, 99.9% .9 of the Earth's atmosphere. Right. So that's kind of considered uh, the edge of space. But, you know, we are going back to the moon. And, and we're going we out also to Mars. have near peers that um, consider, um, don't follow the treaties for the non-proliferation of weapons in space. And so um, we have to consider, um, you know, dealing with defense of, um, our assets in space. And so that's really what the Space Force is about, is not necessarily the weaponization of space, but defending our assets that we are extraordinarily reliant on. For example, if there were a you know first strike, the first thing that a, a near-peer adversary would do is probably take out our GPS constellation. Yep. So that's no, that what makes Space sense. Force is. Yeah, it does make sense. I've just, I just feel like we should save Space Force for when we have, like, spaceships that go beyond the Earth a little um, bit. I am all, that is my sci-fi brain I working. I am all about that, and I think we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. And I hope we get there in Isaiah's lifetime.
All right, welcome back to Homefront. This is Victor with Tiny Brian. And to give you an idea of what we heard just, just recently, we heard Joey Aces in the Deal with Blow Up the Moon. It was a fine little ditty. Wicked Peace with Rock and Roll Race Car. And we ended with our favorite instrumentalist, Miles Osland. Miles Osland, I'm sorry, with Little Big Band with Alarm Fire. Yes, uh, Professor Osland is uh, the professor of saxophone at the University of Kentucky. And uh, if you enjoy the rendition of My Old Kentucky Home at the top of the show, that's actually a, a version that is his, that is from that album, Hit Miles, that was by Miles Oslin and the Little Big Band. So. Yep, uh, that particular song, Alarm Fire, is on the album, and it's, uh, the album is actually called My Old Kentucky Home. So yes. go check that out. He plays some, some really nice, if you like instrumentals, there it is. Yeah, it's some great jazz. Yep, yeah, so, it really is. Yeah, so, some, uh, as you can tell. So, uh, before we go today, I had a pretty good show, and I, I, I do like the pairing, by the way, is uh, I have to compliment you on, on uh, Dr. Malfur's planning to crash his spaceship into the moon, and then the very next song you play is Blow Up the Moon. Yep, and we would like to thank Joey Aces for that, and yeah. uh, we'll, we actually did an interview with Joey. And yeah, you'll hear from Joey later this hear, season. We're, we're teasing all kinds of things We this are, week. and uh, you'll hear from him later, and uh, those guys are some old college buddies of mine, so... It's good to play them. Absolutely. So, uh, what I with, with the we are we do have a little bit of time left, and I wanted to take a minute and just kind of talk about what's been going on with us this week. With uh, we ha- we want to thank everybody. We've had dozens of people who downloaded our first episode. We really appreciate and it. We really appreciate that. Uh, we we we've heard some comments and some feedback from various people. Uh, we we genuinely we value that feedback and. Uh, I, uh, I actually posted our first episode on, on the uh, slash r slash Kentucky uh, subreddit and uh, posted the, the link to it there. Got some good feedback there. Somebody specifically said that they really enjoyed uh, Jocelyn and the Sweet Compression from last week. Oh, okay. Honey Bee. That was a... Well, that shouldn't be hard to do because she plays some pretty good oh, music. It's so good, yeah. yeah. It, it they is. actually helped me spot an error in our show notes for last week because I had put the wrong website for Jocelyn in there. Oh, so okay. that was that was very useful. Now, didn't you tell me that you got some, some feedback as well? I had a couple people message me, you know, the old high school friend messages. And, uh, you know, we obviously we know that we have some work to do and, and uh, hope that this will improve as we go along. Hopefully you enjoy our show, and we do appreciate all the likes on Facebook, too. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. We do have a, a Facebook page now, or a Facebook page that you can go like. It's uh, facebook.com slash bluegrasshomefront, and we do have bluegrass is one word and homefront is one word. So, you know, you don't those aren't four words. That's so, two words. So tell us where else they can find us. Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter. Uh, we are at uh, BGHF, so Bluegrass Homefront, just the initials followed by podcast because Bluegrass Homefront is too long for a Twitter uh, handle. We would have just been Bluegrass Home Fra. Fra. And that doesn't, that's not catchy. No. Uh, we, you can, our website is uh, bluegrasshomefront.com. And if you have, uh, we would really appreciate it if you uh, give us a rating and a review on your favorite on iTunes or wherever it is that you uh, listen to your podcast, jump into there, give us a rating and a review. If you have questions, comments, especially, especially if you know any Kentucky artists or interesting Kentucky stories, we would we really would treasure your feedback, and you can give that to us at feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com. Yep, we would really appreciate that. We, we want to try to share as many Kentucky artists as we can while we're doing our little show here. And we do think of this as a, we, we definitely need this. Right now, this has been basically us and people we know and things we can come up with. But we really need this to be a community outreach. We need we need you to help gather around us and help us find interesting stories to share with with your fellow Kentuckians and everybody else out in the world. That's right. Now you can and you can also uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Tiny Brian T Y N I B R I A N, uh, and that's also Tiny Brian on Facebook. You can find me there as well. Uh, you can go and like that uh, that page there, and I'm always doing stuff on that. You can uh, find Victor on Twitter at VitoXMe, V-I-T-O-X-M-E, which uh, is a which, handle you have had for a very long time. Well, which I'm not ever on the Twitter, but... But if, so but, that's your that's your challenge But the, uh, the VitoXMe is kind of my long-standing um, computer handle, so like out on the wide world web, that's who I am, is VitoXMe. 
that I've used that handle for video games and for computer games and emails and stuff for damn near 20 years now. So, yep, if you find Vito X, no, me, it's not usually. damn near 20 years. Last time I checked, because <laughs> we that did make that up 20 years a, yeah, ago. That started out with one of the free email accounts in the year 2000, which, if my calendar serves, was 20 years ago. And I still have that email account at yes. Yahoo. So, there you go. There, so you can reach Victor that way. Sure, I mean, if you put in Vito X me at Yahoo or several different things, it'll come to me. It will, yeah, it'll make its way to you. Yep. So, yes, we do definitely value your feedback. We are, and uh, we're looking to, to, and if you, like I say, if you send us some feedback at the, the feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com, we'll read that on the air, talk, and we'll talk about it. Certainly, if you leave us a review with five stars. Now, listen, this is a, this is a fairly standard podcasting policy. If you dislike our show and you want us to kind of talk bad about ourselves, here's how to get us to do it. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Whatever you write in that, if you re, if you rate us five stars, whatever you say, we'll read. So, yeah. if you you know, you can call us smelly, mean people, but as long as you've rated us five stars, we'll read what you have to say. So that's one way to guarantee if you want to get your what you have to say read out here on Bluegrass Homefront, that's one way to get it done. Sure. And then can they email us any questions or comments they have? Absolutely. One more time. That is at feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com. We definitely uh, look forward to hearing from you. I think I just wanted to hear you say feedback one more time. If you like feedback, it's, uh, it's funny. I've said it a lot today. You did. It's one of those, well, hearing, it's one of those hearing test words. Feedback. Oh, really? School, but I don't know, but it could make a good one. It's a two, it is, in fact, a two-syllable it, it word. It is, yep. Bluegrass Homefront is produced by me, Tiny Bryan, with Victor Anderson, who is also our music supervisor. Our associate producer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Special thanks to Michael Tramp and Catherine Leon Anderson. Uh, once again, you can find more at bluegrasshomefront.com. And this is until next time. This is Tony Bryan saying, "Beware of rabbits; they eat carrots." Toodles. <laughs>